Welcome everyone to Resurrection Life Church in Cadillac, Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us, and we pray that you encounter God's goodness through the message today. We are actually finishing this long message series called Shake It Off, and I just really believe that as God spoke this to me months ago, that I knew that it would have... um, it would produce results, because really that's what we want. We, we want to know that, hey, what God says and, and what the Bible says and what he's called us to do actually produces results. And not only for us, but the world needs to see it. The world needs to see that, oh, man, what you're doing is actually working. So we've had a lot of different things um, said, some principles, some truths throughout this, uh, this message series, but I'm really ending today with that exclamation point against... Um, uh, something that's unhealthy and but yet very spiritual, and I'll show you in a moment. Um, well, it's just fear. We, we, this is where we're going to finish today. We're going we're gonna to really uh, come against this, this uh, thing called fear that when unhealthy fear rears its head. And I was thinking as we were, we were uh, dedicating our children, I thought about the very first time that I was challenged with um, having children. Now, I, didn't gr- I grew up in an, in an environment where it was very tense um, at many times, it was a very insecure environment. So when I met Emily and we got married, the thought in my head about children was there, but, it, but I kind of pushed it away because truthfully, I was probably more afraid of having children, not knowing what kind of a parent I would be. How would I do this? I'm not ready, right? I'm not ready. You ever said that? We should never say that because who is ready? <laughs> Nobody's ready, right? We've never done this before. But, but yet by the grace of God and by people around us and showing us the examples, we were able to navigate through it. But I remember that moment when, when I was like, I don't, I don't know if I, if, if I can do this. And so we never really talked about it. I was probably af- I was afraid. So we never really talked about it. And I thought, Emily, you know, she's, she's a go-getter. She's, she's, you know, doing what God's called her to do. And, and, we, and I didn't know if she was even thinking about having children soon, like right away, right? So we just didn't talk about it. I think we didn't talk about it because at least I was afraid, afraid of it. I'm just being, being honest. So I finally, at, at one point in time, and, and I tell this story, I'm not going to tell it today, but the Durango story, that if you, you know, it's a funny story, true story. But I'm not going to tell you the whole story, but how it began was, was by a dumpster cat jumping out of, of, of a dumpster. We would take walks before we had kids a lot and coming out of our apartment, and here comes this, this mangy old cat, and um, the, the cat comes out, and I, I'm like, don't touch that thing. It's probably got some disease. Just don't touch it, Emily. I don't know where it came from, right? So but she, all of a sudden, she moved towards the cat, and boom, the light bulb started going on. She, 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 she goes, oh, let's feed it. So I, I was commanded to go inside, grab some Velveeta cheese and a bowl of milk, and I thought, us cats going to be here every single day for the rest of our lives. Thank you, Emily, but because I love you, I'm going to do it. So we put the bowl down, the cat's loving it, and as we're walking away, Emily says, let's name it. <laughs> I thought, oh my goodness, here we go. <laughs> Kids, like I, I knew. So that was the moment that God began to challenge me with this fear, saying, Dan, we got to go there. 
And I'm so grateful that I was challenged with it and that I got past it because now we have two wonderful children that we have in our lives, Annalyn and Levi. We love them so much. And um, I couldn't imagine life without them. Um, but I'm just thankful I was able to get past that fear in order to get the blessing. That's so important. Fear is something that stands in the way of a blessing from God. And the way that I view it is this, is I see fear as like a, a big, strong person. He's really not, but he's a strong person in the spiritual realm. And right behind him is a literal promise from God. And he's trying to keep us from that promise. And he gets really loud and he looks very, you know, tough and ominous or threatening, and if we don't, re we, we don't realize that right behind him is a promise that God has for all of us. And if we just learn how to, how to recognize him and say, wait a minute now, you need to move. You're going to see what God has for you and me in our lives. That's the way I see that. So there's some things in life we just pick up or get bit by. That's the kind of theme of this story as Paul was bit by a snake and it, and it latched on and he just shook it off. But they simply need to go. They need to be shook off. And those things can get in the way of our destiny. They can steal our joy and peace. And if there's one thing that needs to go, it's fear. It's fear. Fear loves to rear its head in general, like when, when it shows up. And we've seen it in this season. And we established last week that unhealthy, destructive fear is many times caused by a spirit. God has not given us a spirit of fear. It's very significant to know that. As a matter of fact, our spiritual enemy comes first with that face of fear. And this spirit must not be coddled or tolerated. Instead, it must be apprehended and its works obliterated. We also learn how to battle that spirit when it tries to latch on by taking authority over it and speaking with accuracy to it. Obviously, God's spoken word is the powerful weapon against our enemy. That's what Jesus did when he calmed the storm last week. We read, we read that story. He, the storm arrived, and he spoke with authority and accuracy, and he defeated the unhealthy, destructive fear that came with it as well. So here we go. Jesus silences the storm. That's in Mark 4. You can read it today, the end of Mark 4. He silences the storm and the fear that came with it. And so I'm just thinking, as the disciples are in the boat, I'm just getting in their heads. They're probably thinking, man, I never want to go through that again. Right? They thought they were going to die. That was scary. They're, they're probably thinking, let's just go to the other side, have a picnic, have Jesus multiply some more bread for us, right? Maybe even taking a nap, sing a song or two, Grab a blizzard from DQ. I just put that in there because that's what I like to do. When I'm just, just I just want to, I don't want to think about what just happened. I, it was very traumatic for them. So I'm thinking, this is what Jesus wants to do, right? Just kind of get us to a place where we can, he can explain everything and calm us down. But, but, but he doesn't. This is what happens next. Look at this. Mark 5, 1 through 13. Here's our final story. So they arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of the Gerasenes, when Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained even with a chain. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrists and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. 
Day and night, he wandered through the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to meet him, and bowed low before him. With a shriek, he screamed, why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already said to the spirits, come out of the man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus demanded, what is your name? And he replied, my name is Legion, because there are many of us inside this man. Verse 10, then the evil spirits begged him again and again not to send them to some distant place. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. Send us into those pigs, the spirits begged. Let us enter them. Verse 13, so Jesus gave them permission. The evil spirits came out of the man and entered the pigs. And the entire herd of 2,000 pigs plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned in the water. Now, I'm not showing you this story to scare you at all. I'm showing you this story because Jesus reveals to us how to help someone else get free from the spirit of fear. Now, I wonder how many of the struggles that people have actually come from the spiritual realm. I wonder, right? Jesus showed us like very clearly, like, oh, no, no, that, that's, that's a spirit. Spirit of um, palsy, that, that is a, that's a spirit of infirmity. That's, that's a wicked spirit. But I get it. Like, I'm human. We're all, we live in this world. Like, we don't think spiritually enough. But I think we need to become more spiritually minded was spiritually aware that, that maybe the thing that that person's struggling with is not just the trauma, but trauma opens up the door or, or things like that, the hurts and wounds open up the door to a spirit. Do you know that? But I wonder how many of the struggles that people actually have come from the spiritual realm. And because we're not in tune with the spiritual realm and we try to use something in the natural... And in most cases, it only becomes a Band-Aid. When the only way to defeat a spirit is with the Holy Spirit, the sword of the Spirit, the very Word of God. Look at this in Ephesians 6, 17. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Remember that big strong guy I was telling you about? Fear who stands in the way of your promise. That's how you defeat him, sword of the spirit. Here I come in the name of Jesus, right? That, 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 that's how you defeat that. Or, uh, or, or this one, there's, there's spiritual power with God's word mixed with faith in Hebrews 4.12. Look at this. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is, it, is, it is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. And I, I, I told you this story before, but I remember when we all weren't getting along one day. We're all just sitting around and, 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 and our family and and all of a sudden, a little argument broke out between the kids, and next thing you know, we're all riled up. You've probably never gone through that before, but we did. <laughs> we're all riled up. And yes, our emotions were flaring, right? But, but the, whole, the whole foundation of this, whatever was happening, um, I thought, wait a minute here. This isn't just emotional. 
I sense it as something spiritual. <laughs> so this is what we did. We all sat down and said, now calm down a moment, everyone. And I grabbed, I, I grabbed a Bible, another Bible, and a couple promise books. Promise books are awesome. You can get, you, we'll, give, we'll give them for free here today if you want to grab them. They're so great. They just have promises of God in them. I said, so I said, here you go. I said, here you go. I said, we sat down. We calmed down. I said, now we're all going to speak the very word of God right now in this environment. And it was, you could feel the tension in the environment. And I said, who wants to go first? I can't remember who went first, but I said, they, they, they spoke a word of peace about the Prince of Peace. One, they, he, Levi spoke his, his message, his, his word. And then it got to Annalyn. Annalyn spoke something out loud, a word of God. For God has not given his spirit of fear, but power, love, and sound Then it came to Emily, and she spoke a word confidently out loud. And, and then it came to me, and I spoke God's word out loud in this place. And all of a sudden, I thought, man, it feels better already, but we're not done yet. So we went around the horn again. <laughs> and maybe a third time. By the time we were done, literal peace filled our home. And oh, you can't put a price tag on that, man. It was beautiful family getting along, all because we recognize this isn't just an emotional thing. This is actually a spiritual thing. You guys still with me? Well, the townspeople tried to, to subdue this man with shackles and chains. They tried something in the natural when the problem was spiritual. So here we go. If you want to help someone else get free from fear, first you got to climb out of it. Say climb out of it. See, it's almost impossible to get someone else free from fear if I'm trapped in it myself. And sometimes that fear becomes our boat. We live in it and travel in it. So climb out of it. Look at Mark 5, 2. When Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. Jesus shows us the way. Being willing to get out of your place of fear. He didn't let that stop him. He said, be willing to climb out of your place of comfort as well. Remember last week, Jesus gave all Christians marching orders to preach the good news to everyone. And then he said, oh yeah, uh, be ready to cast out a few demons on your way. Maybe you've never heard this in church before. I'm just preaching the gospel, guys. Very, very quiet today. Don't worry. We're all in a we're safe place. Uh, so comfortable Christianity does not exist in God's eyes. And it makes sense that the Holy Spirit is called the comforter. Not to make things comfortable, but to give us comfort when things get uncomfortable. And if we follow Jesus for any time, you and I will experience uncomfortable. It's inevitable. So look at this again, Mark 5, 2. When Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. Now I want to see a significant word. It was when Jesus climbed out of the boat that fear was exposed. When. <laughs> it was when the man ran to Jesus and climbed out of his own boat of torment that his miracle began. He was possessed by many demons. Yet he used the powerful gift of free will to climb out. Oh my goodness. That's right. Free will. Say climb out of it. You can do it. I can do it. 
Your situation, your mountain of trouble, I know it seems impossible many times, but it's not. The fear does not have the power over you. Jesus is bigger. Jesus is more powerful. Jesus reigns over all fear. And guess what? Your free will has power too. See, some people never climb out of the boat for fear of failure. Do you know that? Or fear of the unknown. Fear of messing it up. Or fear that it'll get a little too messy. By the way, church gets messy sometimes, right? That's okay. But if we let fear grab a hold, we may not experience much success. So I would say to you today, you can climb out of your fear right now. But if you can't in this moment, that's okay. Just keep listening. God is still working. Just be willing. Because to make us feel a little better, know this. The other disciples did not climb out of the boat either. Jesus got out of the boat. He finished the job. Then he was the only one who got back in the boat. It says in verse 21. <laughs> So don't feel bad. The disciples hid, but Jesus is, is calling us out of darkness into his marvelous light. He's calling, out of, he's calling us out of places where we think we could never make a difference. And he's saying, no, 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 no. You can make an incredible difference. So we have, to, we have to tell fear, you do not have control over me in Jesus' name. Make a decision today to climb out of it. Turn your name and say, climb out of it. We'll get there. Now, after you climb out of it, listen, you got to confront it. You got to confront it. In other words, face that fear. Or I would say faith that fear, right? Faith it. Just faith it. I advise people at various times to go down the path, the what if path. What's the worst thing that can happen path? What if I lose it all? Well, God can give it back. What if I lose the relationship? Well, God can restore it. What if I make a mistake? God will fix it. Face that fear. Jesus did, and really so did the man. Look at this in Mark 5, 6. When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to meet him, and bowed low before him. Now, it doesn't say the spirit saw him. It says the man saw him. Again, powerful free will. I always tell someone, well, how many demons do you have? Twelve. He had 2,000. He did it. <laughs> it's okay. You don't have 12. Come on. Um, look at this, though. Verse 7, with a shriek, he screamed. Why are you interfering with me? It goes into this other language with the spirit. Jesus, Son of the Most High God, in the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. All of a sudden, you guys, there's a confrontation. And then things get loud and crazy pretty quick, it looks like. Have you ever gone through that? All of a sudden, all of a sudden, like things get chaotic, out of control, quickly, and then some demons start popping out? Could it be a pack of devils? Could it be? I'm just, I'm just getting us to think. Could it be? And then what we do is we don't recognize it. We start fighting against each other, right? We don't realize that we don't war against flesh and blood. We don't, we don't, that's not where our warfare is. It's, it's against an invisible spiritual realm, right? 
And I know, hopefully, hopefully I can get you to a place where you feel comfortable with a message like this because I'll tell you something. There are people all over the place, people you know who are struggling with something that may not be a literal thing. It's a spiritual thing. And God causes us, calls us to have discernment, to show up, calls us out of our boats to confront it. The fact that those spirits are beginning to rear their heads means that those spirits are afraid and you are close. This is so important to hear right now. Please hear this. I've noticed that the enemy always starts with a distant voice. As a matter of fact, he would love to stay there. You know why? Because actually he's afraid. Did you know that? Did you know that the enemy is now afraid? He's the sitting duck, but he's got us twisted in our minds thinking that we're the sitting ducks. No, he's the sitting duck. He's the one that's afraid when a Christian understands their authority and their accuracy and how they can speak the name of Jesus and how they can use God's word as a sword of the spirit. They're afraid. <laughs> is, that, is that Arsenio Hall's here? My goodness. Arsenio, come on up. <laughs> Please hear this. The enemy is actually off in the distance, up in a tree, like in the beginning. Up in a tree, right? Up in a tree somewhere. He speaks from far away. Have you ever had a conversation, an argument with someone in your head who's miles away, and you haven't literally talked with them in years? Have you? I have. He reminds you of something that happened in the past, uh, maybe a conversation that happened and, or, or a wound, and all of a sudden that conversation begins with that person, yet they're not there, they're not present. Maybe a spirit is. Hmm. Maybe a spirit's trying to lure you and me into something that can harm us. 1 Peter 5 it says, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy. The devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Here's what I want to tell you. The fact that he's louder means you are closer. But you didn't want to be close before, but you need to be close. I need to be close because I need to confront it. You guys still here? Say confront it. Remember, he roars. But he doesn't have his teeth. He's gumming, trying to gum us. He doesn't have his teeth, right? Think about that. He's, Jesus stripped him of his weapons. And all of his cohorts, they were stripped with their weapons. The only thing the enemy can really do is lie and cause fear. I'm not sure you knew this, but the lion's roar, listen to this, the lion's roar, the roar of a male lion is often a territorial call. He uses his roar to advertise his whereabouts and that he is the dominant male should there be another rival lion in the territory wishing to challenge him. Did you hear that? Did you get a picture of that? So he's off in the distance. That's the way it is. He's off in the distance. The lion roars, and he's saying, hey, don't, don't you dare come here. Don't you dare come near my, my territory. If you do, I'm going to bite you. So we look, we're like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. I'll go do my thing over here. I'm not going to mess with you. So we, we, the, the, we, we don't go there, my friends. So that person 
your family member, your spouse, your son, your daughter, your friend, even your not-so-friend, may be trapped by a territorial roar from a spiritual enemy of fear. But here's the fact. That's not his territory. That's God's territory. That's your territory. That's your sphere of influence. You don't have to put up with that. Do you see how he works? Don't you dare come over here. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm miles away from you, Dan, but if you, if you confront me, oh, you're going down. You're going to be humiliated. I'm going to do to you. Come on. You guys hear what I'm saying? That's how he speaks from afar. But the fact that he's roaring loud, the fact that maybe chaos is happening, does it, it could mean that you're close right now. Oh, you are close. You've been praying for something. You've been praying for a, I've seen this so many times where somebody's praying for a promise from God. Lord, I know you want this for me. God, I know this is your will. God, I know that you, that you have goodness for me. And all of a sudden, you're praying, you know, all, it seems like things get worse, don't they? I say, that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. That means you are close and now you can confront it. It's not his territory. It's God's property. And it's your land. Everywhere you put your foot, God will give you. So confront the roar. Don't run from it. Don't be afraid to face it. Don't escape from it. Confront it. Don't settle for comfortable. Confront it. See, sometimes the only way to defeat fear is to meet fear. Sometimes the only way to defeat fear is to meet fear. And I would say probably many times that's the way it is, right? My pastors say, do it afraid, Dan. Do it afraid. Do it afraid. That's how I got to the top thrill dragster at Cedar Point. I did it afraid. I hate heights. But then I thought, my mind thought, you know what? That's like a seven-second ride. I can hold my breath for seven seconds. I'll be okay. That's how I, that's how I got that. <laughs> yeah, scary. But when I was done, I was like, yes, I conquered that. Sometimes the only way to defeat fear is to meet fear. You don't ever have to be afraid because, number one, you have God with you and you have God's love in you. I love this verse. Ever, whenever I'm under spiritual attack, I just need to know who the Father is. Who the Father, right, Luke, this, and Karen, this morning, your, your, your devotion, who the Father is. You talked about the Father this morning in your text message. I love that. Well, look at this, Psalm 103, 13. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. See, if, if you want fear to go, one of the greatest things you can do is to receive the love of God because perfect love drives out fear. And like we said last week, one of the first things that happens when chaos comes, this is what we say, God, you don't love me. God, why, why, are, you, why, are, you, why are you harming me? He's like, I'm not trying to harm you and I love you and let me just take care of this for you, Dan. Because I'm tender and compassionate. Love is the foundational force against fear. So feel free to confront that spirit. Can you repeat this after me? Say, I'm a child of God. I am loved by God. And I have the power of God living in me. The devil destroying, 
burden-removing, chain-breaking power of God. Yeah. Now, remember, now, I'm just trying to get us some confidence. Whenever, whenever that spirit comes, you got to just, just say it with confidence, you know. Just, it's good. So never be afraid to confront your spiritual enemy. And I've said before, I've seen, I've seen two demons in my life. I'll never forget. I can see them imprinted in my, in my mind. I, I saw them. I, they were real. It wasn't a figure of my imagination. I saw them. One in a hospital room and one, one that showed up in my, in my uh, I'm going to cause a lot of trouble with this statement. One that showed up in my room one day. He had a helmet on. I think it was a Spartan helmet, KG. I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. Doggone it. No, I'm totally kidding, I think. Um, we're just brothers, man. Come on, we're just brothers. Yeah, no big brother, little brother, just brothers. Anyway, I'll confess that today. But what I'm saying is I saw two of them. First one scared me. <laughs> Second one scared me a little less. And all of a sudden, one day, I'm, I'm at church years ago, and I'm working on a, on a CD, a project uh, in my office, and, and I was just there by myself, and it was late, and it was dark, and all of a sudden, I hear some creaking going on, like, this, some, like someone walking around, but nobody's in there. And, and this, I, I, so I, I went, <gasps> and I said, then this is what I said. I said, hey, if you're out there, just show your face. I'm not scared of you. That's what I said. <laughs> He never showed up. My point is, I got to a place where I could confront it. Right? Say confront it. We're almost done. Confront it. And really, lastly, call it out. Say call it out. Call it out for what it is. It's fear. Don't sugarcoat it. Well, Pastor Dan, I'm concerned. No, you're worried. Well, Pastor Dan, no, just call it out for what it is. What's the problem here? What's really happening? Be be okay with being very honest about what it is. Had a guy years ago, uh, when I was first in ministry, um, we were helping his, his wife. She came to our church, and we were helping her get free from fear. She was so afraid. And we were helping her through some stuff. And, um, and she was getting free. And she was starting to get her joy back and her freedom back. And it was awesome. And, and, but I, but I, neither of them went to church. But she was coming. And, and, and all of a sudden, one day, the husband shows up in my office. Hey, how you doing? Are, are you happy about what's happening with your wife? And he wasn't very happy. And we had a good conversation, but it didn't start out well. It started out by him or getting to a place where he put his hands on my desk, rose up, and started screaming at me. I'm sitting down, looking around, see what I got in my office. No, he was screaming at me, and he just screamed and screamed and screamed and screamed for about five minutes. Nobody came to my rescue, by the way, in the offices, but that was funny, you know. Maybe it was a normal thing that happened in our church, but he was screaming, screaming, screaming. He stopped. He said, what is this? I said, well, it's anger. You're angry. (laughs) I mean, I was young in ministry. You're angry. No, I'm not. I'm Italian. (laughs) I said, no, 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 no. I said, sit down for a moment. Let me just help you with something. Your wife 
feels controlled because you're afraid. You're the one who's afraid. See, control comes from fear of letting go. And so I'm trying to walk, and I'm walking him through this, and he's, he's starting to see it, and he's calming down. And I think eventually he did see that, oh, my goodness, I didn't realize I was actually controlling someone out of my own fear. Happens a lot, right? We all control things. We're, none of, we all do those things, right? But sometimes when it gets so unhealthy, it's so obvious. And in this case, you just got to call it for what it is. You got to call it out, Right? So many are paralyzed by fear because they're not willing to call it out. So here's Jesus giving this example, uh, Mark 5, 9. Jesus demanded, what is your name? And he replied, my name is Legion because there are many of us inside this man. I said it that way for a reason. Because they were trying to intimidate Jesus by saying, we're many. We're many. See, that's what the Spirit does. Every time it tries to intimidate, right? It says, I'm legion, I'm too strong, I'm more powerful. Those are the words that that, that spirit says. But I think it's comical that these demons tried to intimidate Jesus. Jesus comes up on him. Hey, what's your name? <laughs> 2,000. We're 2,000, because a legion means 2,000. 2,000, 2,000 of us here. And I'm just pictured Jesus kind of chuckles, he smiles, and he says, oh, you're 2,000. Well, I'm infinity. I'm the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. I'm the king of all kings. I never stop. I never sleep. I'm undefeated, and I'm not moved by your name in any way, son. Right? That's true. That's true. 2,000. 2,000. 50,000? Keep going. Keep going, 100,000. No, you're looking at infinity here. So feel free to call it out. Listen, what's your name? Cancer? Meet Jesus, the Lord who heals. What's your name? Anxiety? Meet the Prince of Peace. What's your name? Fear? Meet God is love. What's your name? Poverty? Meet Jehovah Jireh. My God will supply all of your needs. What's your name? Depression? Meet the creator of joy, the one who gives you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. See, those names and every other name bows to the name of Jesus. So, so call it out, and we're just going to end here. Emily, if you want to just make your way up here a moment, and I just want to just, just speak again just for a few moments um, against specific things in this room. And as we finish, I want to give you one, one more point. When you call it out, command it to leave. You know, Jesus demanded that those things, you know, they, they asked, hey, can we go somewhere? Well, go ahead, go, go over to the, to, the, to the pigs. And, you know, that really messed up everybody's life that day, townspeople. But the truth is, townspeople didn't really care about Jesus. They really cared about their money. And that was another, that's a whole other message about what happened in that moment. But when you call it out, com command it to leave. Say command it to leave. Fear is a spirit that must be dealt with by force because its mission is to intimidate, torment, ultimately destroy. It must be dealt with by force. Please hear that. Jesus shows us here in one other instant, Luke 4, 35. Look at this. But Jesus rebuked him. That's the spirit saying, be quiet, come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him in their midst, it came out of him and did not hurt him, that the man. So there's 
two things happening here, spirit and a man. Speak with domination, speak with precision, speak with authority, and speak with accuracy. Threaten the spirit. Remember the word rebuke means to threaten. Think about that. Like God is saying, no, no, you go there. That thing has been threatening you way too much. Go threaten it. He's saying, I give you the authority to threaten it, that spirit, right now. Now, not everything's a spirit. Please hear me, right? Not everything's a spirit. But many times, it is, and we don't know it. We try to fix it in some other way. No one is immune to spiritual attack. The greatest of leaders have been attacked by the spirit. David, Moses, Elijah, Jesus. They all felt the oppression of the enemy, but they all learned that it must be dealt with by force. With God's spirit, your bold face, faith, not necessarily loud faith, come on, but bold faith, just bold faith. And look at the end of the story. We're just gonna, we're just gonna speak over you right, right now as we finish. When you shake off fear, when they shake off fear, destiny appears. Remember that promise on the other side of that, that, that fear? Look at this. Mark, this is, this is the end of the story. Mark 5, 18 through 20. And Jesus was getting into, as Jesus was, look at, as Jesus was getting into the boat. There he is. He's the one that got in the boat. The man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him, but Jesus said, no, go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and, and how merciful he has been. So, verse 20, the man started off to visit the 10 towns of that region and began to preach the gospel, proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him, and everyone was amazed at what he told them. That dude was out in the caves, in the graveyards, about 20 minutes before that, and now Jesus is saying, no, no, you don't have to go to seminary. You don't have to go to cemetery, seminary. You got the goods right here. You got the goods right here. You know what I want to, I, I say this at times in this place. You know, I'm a pastor, Emily's a pastor. We're, we're ordained in the state of Michigan. We have pastors in our church, but there's so many more pastors in this place. Oh my goodness. Just because you're not ordained yet, or, or if you have a call, you're a pastor. Even if you never get ordained, you're a pastor. Some of you are teachers. Some of you are apostles, prophets, evangelists. Listen, that's who you are. Like rejoice and say, man, you know what? I am a child of God, and I got a purpose, and I got a calling, and there's no devil that's going to stand in my way, in the way of my marriage, in the way of my kids, my family, my business. There's no devil that can stand in my way. I'm going to go get the promises of God. Amen? Ten towns. 10 towns, hundreds of people. The dude had a calling and it was revealed after the spirit of fear was gone. After, my friends. So we wanna, I guess I want an after moment right now. We're just gonna be here just for a few moments. I want you to stand as we finish. Just stand, get the blood flowing again. And I, we're just gonna speak over areas of fear that you might be going through right now. We wanna, we wanna help you. But then when you leave this place, I want you to have the discernment to see someone else struggling possibly with a spiritual issue and that you would go in, you would go in with boldness to climb out of your boat, to confront it, right? See it face to face. Call it out for what it is. Command it to leave. Don't, don't speak at them. Speak to the Spirit. 
I would say be gracious towards the person, but vicious towards the spirit. So lift up your hands, because I want to invoke a, a prayer over you. Be praying right now in Jesus' name. God, speak to us right now. Speak to us in this place because, Lord, I'm asking for help and support for those here today who are struggling with, with fear. They are under attack by a spirit of fear. They're worried about their future. They're worried about their kids. They're worried about their marriage. They're worried about their family. They're worried about their finances. God, in Jesus' name right now, in Jesus' name, we call that thing out for what it is. It is a roaring lion that doesn't have teeth. He's a liar. And fear, you're a liar. So we, by the authority of Jesus, given to me and given to us, we command you to leave these souls, these homes, these minds, these hearts, these bodies in Jesus' name. I'm thinking of right now in my mind, someone has a child, specifically a son right now, who has, it is under attack by that spirit of fear. I don't know who that is, but I'm gonna speak it by faith. God, I see that young man right now in Jesus' name, and I'm asking you right now to send the powerful move of your Holy Spirit, angels to minister to him, and for him to rise up, climb out of his boat, and take authority over the spirit of fear in his life right now. There's destiny in his life, and Lord, we do not allow the enemy to stop his destiny and purpose in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. There are some people here, you've been rejected and you've been hurt over and over, and so you've isolated yourself from other people, and you feel all alone, even though you're in a group of people right here in this place, you're in a crowd of people, you feel all alone, and you feel like you have to do this life by yourself. In fact, you, you're even feeling hopeless, and, and you know what it's like to feel despair. Mm. You feel unnoticed and unseen, but today Jesus wants you to know he sees you. Yes. He notices you. Thank you, Lord. And he's here to rescue you. Yes. He's going to break you out of the box that you put yourself in. Right now, I'm speaking it. I command freedom for those ones who are hidden away in shame, in despair, in hopelessness. Those ones who are stuck in depression. I command freedom over them right now in Jesus' name. Fear you let go of them right now in Jesus' name. Shame you let go of God's people right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus, that they don't have to get themselves out of the pit, Lord. You came to rescue them today, and you are breaking them out of the box that they put themselves in. Thank you, Lord, and you're not only you're not leaving them there all by themselves. You're never going to leave them or forsake them. Jesus, you said you're going to protect them. He said, I'm here. I'm here to protect you. You don't have to protect yourself anymore. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to walk with you. So thank you, Lord, for freedom in this place today. Yeah. Thank you, Lord, as you speak to us maybe specific things as we leave this place today, God. Bring to our, our memory, our remembrance, uh, the, the things we learned today, but how to not only break free in our own life, but how to recognize someone who is struggling, God, with uh, shame or rejection or fear of the future. God, they're tormented. 
Um, they, they even found trying to control their lives. I hear the Lord say there's, and, and I've been here before where I feel like everything's out of control and so I'm just gripping harder to, to try to control things. And the Lord says, just let go. Matter of fact, the way to let go is, is to lift up your hands and say, I give you everything. I give you my life. I give you my family. I give you my business, my career. God, I just surrender it all to you right now. God, take it from me. Take this heavy burden from those who are struggling with feeling like things are out of control and they want to control. But Lord, they're going to they're gonna, uh, commit their ways to you, God. They're going to trust in you with all of their heart. Lean not on their own understanding. But in all of their ways, they're going to acknowledge you, and then you're going to direct their steps. God, thank you for the path that you have for them. You're blessing them as they surrender to you. In Jesus' name, amen. We're honored that you are with us today. Please connect with us because we want to get to know you. Head to our website, getreslife.org. That's G-E-T-R-E-S-L-I-F-E dot org. And like us on Facebook, Resurrection Life Church Cadillac, for upcoming events and information and ways to connect. God bless you and have a beautiful week.